Welcome to Japanatron. 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 Hello and welcome to Japanatron. My name is Dave Pavlina and Japanatron is a podcast all about life in Japan and Japanese culture. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about heavenly Japanese flavors. These are flavors and foods that I associate strongly with Japan. These are things I did not know about or had never eaten when I was in America. Let me introduce my guest, a dear, dear friend, Pavi. Uh, he's going to be helping us out, and we're going to see how this goes. Uh, if, if guests are something that you guys want to see or not. Fuck you, Dave. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think of this motherfucker? <laughs> also, one quick note. Uh, when I go through this list, these, these might be foods and flavors you have in your home country. I have no idea. I'm a very uh, asshole American, so I have no idea about any other countries. So please don't get angry about this. Like, say, hey, 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 fuck you. We have that in our country as well. Uh, so just, just calm down. It's very easy to get angry on, on the, the internet. internet. Yeah. Okay. okay, so one other note before we begin is I called this topic Heavenly Japanese Flavors. These are flavors that I consider awesome, that I consider heavenly, the best Japanese flavors. This list is not comprehensive at all. You may mm-hmm. have your favorites. These are my favorites. This is not a comprehensive list of all the Japanese flavors. Yeah, I think it's appropriate that you call it heavenly Japanese flavors because in Japan, flavors are very, they're almost sacred, aren't they? It's such a deeply embedded part of the culture. Totally. This is definitely a culture of foodies. Mm. You see all the Japanese TV shows with oishi, oishi, umai. They're always eating food on TV. Yes, they, they, they take food very, very seriously here. The religion of food. Religion. Yes. Yeah. First flavor. You ready? Sacred pre- sacred to the profane. Let's go. Sacred flavor. Actually, profane flavors. Profane I, flavors. I, I, I profanity. Example, yeah, profanity here. Um, which some people might think is really interesting. Can we do blatant commercial promotion sure. here? I actually don't want to promote this stuff. Pepsi Pink. This is Pepsi Pink. Pepsi this Pink. is one of the. This is profane. This is not a heavenly flavor. This is whatsoever. not what I would consider heavenly. No, this is this is actually a bullshit product. I'm insulted by this. I, w- I was insulted because it's Pepsi Pink, and you just think. I mean, Coca Cola. They have their their lemon cola and their cherry cola and all those things. So I thought this might be a strawberry thing, but it's actually strawberry and milk flavor, <laughs> and it's supposedly. Strawberry and milk Pepsi, but they're no fucking Pepsi at all. It was what a way to get started, soda, right? You've ruined my podcast. This is profanity. This is profanity. And uh, do you want one more? And you Maybe drank you... it. I, I drank it. You, you okay. have to try these things. You okay. Know, life, we have this one opportunity to try and experience as much as we can. This is the pinnacle. This is the pinnacle. What is that? So I'm going in on a high. This is chocolate water. Now, this, this is only in Japan where they think of such a fucking ridiculous thing as this. Chocolate sparkling water. Chocolate sparkling. Yeah. And uh, this was absolutely unsensational, even though I thought he's, it might he's be. He's taken over my sorry, podcast. Over the podcast here. Dominating. But they had the, the picture of the chunks of chocolate on the... Uh, Were there the chunks of chocolate in the water? No, and it actually says here that it's just an illustration. Just an image. Yeah, in case people thought you get water with fucking chunks of chocolate, chocolate water. floating around. But... Um, as an interesting concept, I think it the concept is interesting, but, but the color brown and water and it was actually clear as well. So clear, <laughs> clear, yet chocolate, chocolate flavor, chocolate flavor. Mm. So it was quite bizarre. So what we're going to do today, I imagine, is we're going to go from these ridiculous, bizarre things, which are kind of compelling to buy and try, 
but uh, we're now going to go to things which are actually worth. My list is a bit more traditional. Yes. Yeah, maybe not as exciting. Well, let's see. Okay. Okay. You, you, you done? Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'll shut the fuck up from now on. <laughs> this is not a democracy. <laughs> You're just supposed to sit there and look pretty. You're not supposed to say anything. That was the deal. Remember, we talked about this. Uh, okay, item number one, flavor number one is shoyu, also known as soy sauce. Now, I don't really have much to say about this one, other than I believe it's it's the the Japanese version of table salt. Is it not? Mm, it's it's everywhere. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, fish, pretty much everything is all the fish is salted with with soy sauce, right? You dip it in the soy sauce, and it's also interesting to note that there are rules associated with soy sauce. Um, Sometimes I have performed the, uh, the Western abomination of putting soy sauce on white rice. Oh, right. And the, and the Japanese people go, hey, what are you doing? It's good, man. Well, you, yeah, but I think it's good if you mix it with the food you're putting on the rice first. So if you get your raw egg, you whip up your raw egg, and then you put a bit of soy sauce in that, and then put on your rice. I think that's acceptable. Fair enough. It you also... be making the cultural faux pas. The faux pas. No. The, also, it makes the rice impossible to eat with chopsticks at that point. It's pretty much... <laughs> it's like, a soupy. battle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just... you need like to ask... You need to do the walk of shame and ask the, the server or, or, or whatever for a spoon. <laughs> yeah, I just dumped soy sauce over my white rice, so I need to eat that with a spoon now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're like pointing. Like, I, that's I the guy. That. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else to note about soy sauce? I think one of the good things about shoyu and the su- surprising things is in England, you buy shoyu, there's probably two or three brands to choose from. Here, there's fucking shelves full of different soy sauces, right? <laughs> and I'm left, like, what is the difference? Well, there are good and bad soy sauces. I mean, it's a different shaped containers. You get your traditional bottle. It's like the cheap one. And the, the cheap one, the expensive one. You don't have corked soy sauce, but you do have those squeezy plastic packs which have a spout built in and you tear the corner off and as you squeeze the pack, it, it kind of pours out. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And that's a recent thing I've noticed mm. is they have those, those specially designed high-tech bottles mm. that will just put enough for that that piece of sushi yeah. because oftentimes when you know the, the old traditional bottle I, I want to call it, it it's very easy to put too much on mm. too quickly and they have that like squeeze bottle that just does the drips of the uh, just one by it's, one it's, it's very clever there's somebody who's been probably paid a lot to develop that yeah it's just sad though that someone is spending their like entire career studying that the perfect amount of soy sauce to put on one piece of sushi In- in one way, it's versus really sad. spending their time like curing cancer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> true, true. But I think it's actually, I think it's really just quite a fantastic thing that somebody would dedicate their life to that because it shows this Japanese approach to perfection in everything they that do. That is true. So yeah. they, they take soy sauce very seriously here. Yep. And, and it's free. You can get your free soy sauce at the supermarket. That's true. So you never have to pay for the stuff if you. Always comes with the packs, right? That's you can right. keep those. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. They do take it very seriously, and I think it's brewed, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's some I, kind of brewing. Well, I didn't do my research. Neither did I. I I'm way too lazy to research this stuff. <laughs> but, so, soy sauce, Japanese version of table salt. It is, I consider it heavenly, because salt is great. I mean, horrible for your health. I must say, maybe I do... Not good for the blood pressure, but... Uh, 
It's probably a little bit sacrilegious. Human body does like the salt. I tend to put it in other things. I, I mix it with other condiments. So I'll be making a, a vegetable soup and I'll put some soy sauce as well as other flavours in there. So I, I don't usually have that kind of pure perfection of shoyu on its own. That's a good point, but also on the flip side, Japan taught me that you can put soy sauce on stuff that I would never have paired with. I always associated soy sauce with traditional Japanese cooking. You put mm. it on sushi, you, you dip your sashimi in it, mm. but like a beef, steak, and you put soy sauce on that, oh man, that's heaven. That's heavenly. Instead of A1 steak sauce, Americans, try soy sauce instead on your steak. Osusume desu. My recommendation. Next is yuzu. Yuzu is a citrus fruit. Okay, it's, it's kind of between a lemon, a lime, and an orange, somewhere around there, like those other citrus fruits. Uh, it's one of the citrus fruits I, I didn't even know existed uh, until I moved to Japan. There's so many fucking citrus fruits in Japan, aren't Yeah, there? I know. They're really into yeah, those. Yeah. We have a few others on the list. Uh, so yuzu, uh, I also associate with a sauce that I consider heavenly, uh, ponzu. The zoo of ponzu is, I think, the zoo of, of yuzu, yuzu, whatever. Yeah. Nothing to do with animals. Right. And it's a citrusy kind of... Uh, it, it's soy sauce-like, but it's got this citrus uh, undertone to it. Uh, that's lighter than soy sauce and less salty, and it is heavenly. I love yuzu, and ponzu uh, specifically. Right. Okay. I've uh, I've never really been a, a a lover of yuzu. It's one of those things that just like many foods, it's there. But I wouldn't <sighs> make a special trip to the to the supermarket if I'd run out of the stuff. Okay. Mm. What about ponzu? Because Ponzu, I can just swig it out of the bottle. Ponzu, just, just, just take a shot glass of it. Ponzu is one of those things. There's, there's a number of Japanese... Let's go off on a slight tangent here. There's so many ingredients in Japanese cooking that I don't know how to use. Mm. Things like um, mirin, for example. How the fuck do you use mirin? But when people use it, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Right? But unless you know how to use it in cooking... Yeah, so we are sense. obviously not chefs. We are obviously not chefs. So we're, we're totally not Japanese qualified food. to talk about this topic at no. all. I, I tend to use Japanese ingredients, but often in a Western way. I'll have natto toast, for example. Well, that's what we call fusion. Fusion, right? Fusion so it's cooks. artistic. We're actually fusion cooks. Yeah, we're, we're fusion cooks. Yeah. Want to be mm. fusion cooks. So for fusion and ponzu, um, I would probably imagine you could put it into... Um, you could put it on vegetables, for example. Couldn't you? And a salad dressing. Right. I also associate ponzu with one of my favorite dishes, which is gyoza, which is technically Chinese food. Uh, but when you when you dip gyoza in ponzu, like I have an orgasm, I will just come in my pants. Mm. And um, yeah, gyoza with ponzu. Whoa! It's like way too stimulating for me I'll and my body. I'm sure I'm not sitting too close to you. Don't sit too close. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. You gotta you gotta sit a couple tables away from me at, yeah. the, at the Gyoza restaurant. Hope you're wearing a long jacket when you walk out. Mm. Or do you, or do you yeah. stuff tissues down there before you go? To I the I wear thick jeans. Uh-huh. That's my approach. Let's keep it clean, people. I was about, <laughs> Let's yeah, keep I it clean. I shall, I shall refrain from my. So. Now we're racing through these pretty quickly, but you actually yeah, that's the point. You, you, you're, 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 you're mentioning these flavors, but. How does it make you feel when you have these? Well, I did say orgasm. It's meant to be an experience. I did say orgasm. The other thing I associate with ponzu is pouring ponzu on daikon radish. Daikon Mm. radish, you get this grated daikon radish. It's often served with sashimi. 
and you you uh, you pour the ponzu on the daikon radish because daikon radish has almost no flavor whatsoever. Mm. It's, it's one of those neutral things that can be used as kind of a filler. Kind of. Yeah, it's like solid. It's like eating water. Mm. It's the default. <laughs> it's like the, it's like a it's a veg. If water were a vegetable, it would be daikon yeah, radish. Daikon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, it you're can just add anything water. to it. Yeah, it can transform mm. into a sweet or a savory or whatever. You right, want. it'll just mm. take up the flavor of the ponzu, mm. and that's what you're left with. And you're eating, you're eating solid ponzu, which mm. is heaven, which mm. is heaven. So ponzu, highly recommended mm. once again. Yeah. So is that a flavor or is that a fruit? What well, yuzu? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> flavor fruit. Well, yuzu is the fruit. Ponzu mm. is the sauce. Mm. And so there's that citrusy flavor that I'm trying to get at that, that yuzu presents. Yeah. I associate it strongly with Japan, and uh, I, I consider it heavenly. Mm. And yuzu is like a little yellowy, greeny citrus fruit, right? Right, right. Mm. It, you would mistake it probably for uh, like a light-colored orange. It's like a lighter ah, yes, okay. orange flavor. Okay. I also see it often dumped into uh, Japanese onsens, the hot springs. You will go to a hot spring sometimes during yuzu season, and they will fill the hot spring with yuzu, and you get that nice relaxing citrus uh, aroma. I had a friend who would always take a mikan into the the bath. Yeah, they do the mikan sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I see yuzu probably more commonly. And then it heats up in the water, adds the flavor or the aroma to the water, but then you can eat the, the fruit at the end. I don't know if I would eat the fruit. I wouldn't eat a yuzu. Um, remember, you're in the bath with like other naked Japanese guys. I was talking um, about the home home solo bath. Oh, home solo <laughs> bath. Okay, public sorry. Bath. No. I was thinking, mm. yeah, the the public bath fruit. Mm, I, I wouldn't consider that edible. No, I mean, but even those red this, wine baths. This could you don't be want to our personalities so, yeah. showing their differences. <laughs> those super super sento. Oh, they're like a uh, huge bathhouses and they often put flavors into the water they often have a wine a wine bath right you've seen those red wine baths yeah yeah once again yeah. you don't drink it. a lot of naked strangers around mm. probably don't want to drink that or, no. or or eat it that's right yeah just you're going for the the skin of the ambiance yes wasabi a classic yeah wasabi Super you don't know wasabi it's it's the japanese version of horseradish a little spicy I don't really know horseradish, even though I'm English. I don't know horseradish. What the fuck? Maybe I'm too untraditional. I I actually associate horseradish with, with with British food. I would just never use the word horseradish. Yeah. What do you, what do the Brits call it? Um, well, we have the red radishes, the the pinky crimson red radishes. Okay. Um, but horseradish is one of those words that doesn't conjure up a, a particular really? vision for me. No. So when yeah. people say wasabi is a Japanese horseradish, I just wow, accept I am that. Poorly educated. Hmm. Um, I always associated horseradish with, with British food. And by the way, is Brit is Brit a racist term? Can I use that? I grew up, well, for a lot of my childhood, I was in Australia, and we just called each other pongs and wogs and spicks, you know, and it was, it was no big deal. It was a term of camaraderie and affection. People are so sensitive these days, <laughs> so, aren't they? So I should just call you the N-word? <laughs> yeah, call me that. Just well, no, 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 I don't fit that. I don't <laughs> yeah. fit that. But if I did... Okay, so so I can I can freely use the word Brit. Yeah, or... Brit Brit is more of a descriptive. Pom is usually the the more racial. <laughs> I never even heard that one. Okay, yeah. that's a good tangent. Wasabi. 
Spicy. Spicy in the way, not like uh, pepper spicy, but spicy, horseradish spicy, like it shoots up into your into your uh, sinuses. Yeah, it doesn't go down, it goes up. This right. Is, it's a very directional flavor. And this is interesting because it's you know, combining uh, you know, f flavors and tastes we don't usually think of as directional. You know, right. We think of them as something that sticks here. And yeah. Japanese food is not known to be spicy, but wasabi is the exception. And I often associate wasabi with being mixed with, with soy sauce, with shoyu. And then you, you dip your sushi in there and you get the salt mixed with a little of that kind of spicy horseradishy undertone there. And uh, yeah, that's heaven. Yeah, I absolutely love wasabi. And I, most people I know, they, they try to go a bit overboard with wasabi when they first get into it. They want to see how much they can take. Yeah, yeah I have a funny it. story about wasabi. Uh, there was a guy visiting uh, from the UK, a coworker. And he told me this story. He said the first time he went to Japan, uh, he was taken out and there was a chunk, you know, like a ball of wasabi on there. He didn't know what it was, his first experience with wasabi. And someone, someone encouraged him uh, very meanly, very evilly. With a straight face. To just pop the whole thing in his mouth. Mm. And he did that. And I think he almost died. No, he didn't almost die, but it was like a near-death experience where his just eyes were just water. And I don't know if he got a bloody nose, but he certainly got a runny nose for quite a long time after that. And it was yeah, he had to go through a, a, a recovery process <laughs> to get over that. Wasabi is one of those things better in moderation. Yeah, yeah. Be careful with those wasabi. That's a similar game that many Japanese people play, and I've been meeting up with Japanese friends at a sushi restaurant sometimes. This has happened. They'll bring a plate with maybe 10 or 12 pieces of sushi, and one of them is laden with huge amounts of wasabi. You have no idea which one it is. So everybody takes one. Sometimes you do it one at a time, almost like Russian roulette. That's exactly what mm. they call that. Yeah. Russian roulette, you know, sushi, or Russian roulette. Uh, I've seen it with takoyaki as well, like a super <laughs> spicy takoyaki yeah. or something like that. And that's great. That, that makes the evening fun. It's a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, I'm going to say. And wasabi, it finds its way into all sorts of other things too. You get wasabi snacks, wasabi potato chips. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Wasabi salt, which you can sprinkle onto things. Yeah. And wasabi ice cream I saw recently as well. I'm always, I'm always fascinated how, how they mix in those flavors, traditional Japanese flavors, into like potato chips. Mm. And I saw one recently. It was Pringles. It was wasabi beef. Yeah. Wasabi beef Pringles. And I was like, I gotta try it, just just for the, to, the yeah. novelty of it. And it wasn't bad. It had the spicy thing with the with the wasabi going on. I wouldn't repeat mm. like beef potato chips. I just like how are they pulling off the beef flavor with powder? You know. Mm. So you wasabi want... powder, okay, I can get, I get it, but beef powder, maybe uh, they grind up chemically. cows and too chemically. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's chemically done, obviously. So I won't repeat on that one, but. Yeah, I, I like that. It's it's fascinating how wasabi is thrown into lots of different flavors. Yeah, things sweet things associated. as well. Yeah, yeah wasabi the ice, ice cream, cream and the wasabi Kit Kats. There was a. Uh, I think it was frozen yogurt I saw too. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. 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 It's funny because it's mistaken often for matcha green mm, tea flavor. Green tea. And if you can, tell you don't somebody, want to confuse those two. It's like telling somebody that marmite is chocolate spread. Um, <laughs> yeah, big difference. They lay it on thick. Don't confuse wasabi with the, with the green tea flavor. Shoga. Shoga is ginger. Now, other countries have ginger, of course. Uh, the Japanese will pickle it. Pickle ginger usually is what I associate with, with the word shoga. And also I associate shoga with a really lame old man Japanese joke. 
which is the expression shogunai. I use that joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. We're aging ourselves here. Yeah. Shogunai, shogunai is a Japanese expression that means it can't be helped. And a good joke you can do, well, you can argue the word good. A, a lame old man joke you can do is at the, at the dinner table, sitting down with a bunch of friends, and you say, when there is no shoga on the table, there's no ginger, you say, oh, shogunai. And people will usually give you what's called a courtesy laugh to that. And hopefully someone giving it to you is someone that you fancy at the table. And you can say, hey! I'm funny. <laughs> you found my joke funny, did you? Hmm. Let's talk. Let's, you know, you free for coffee? And that was your go-to. You know, and love, love blossoms mm. from that, that lame shogunai joke. Who would have thought that ginger leads to love? Who would have thought? The other thing I have to say about shoga, which I discovered on my own, is I used to be a big fan of uh, vodka martinis. Mm -hmm. I was going through this James Bond phase in my life. I was making vodka martinis after work, and I discovered that instead of the olives... Mm. Redhead James Bond. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Ginger Bond. And shoga, ginger. Mm? Ah. I'm kind of a wannabe ginger, though. Mm -hmm. It's kind of turning brown with my old age. Uh, ginger and vodka. Heaven. Who knew? I wouldn't have known. But you, take the, you take the ginger that comes with your sushi pack, yep. and you mix up a vodka martini. Don't put the olives in, put the ginger in. It soaks up and blends somehow chemically, unexplainably, with that vodka, mm -hmm. and it is heaven. Releases the flavor into the liquid, and then you eat, it, eat the, the shoga at the end, right? Pickled ginger in vodka? Wow. Like the agave worm in the mezcal. Yes! Did and I always thought if I ever owned a bar, I should kind of do that. Yeah, like, hey, look what I, look what I did. Mark. See what I did there? Yeah. You know, this is like East meets West. Yeah, fusion. Yeah, yeah fusion. So. so do you only use the pickled shoga for that? Or would you use regular shoga, which is just well, there's fresh slice? Someone who's done their research, which I have not, I never do any research for this. It's all just pure raw improv. Because mm. that's what people want to see, right? Raw improv. Totally unstudied, totally misinformation stuff. Um, so there's lots of different ways of pickling in the shoga, right? Mm. I find there's like that white shoga that's like very lightly pickled, almost barely pickled, pretty yeah. much just raw so you shoga. You get in a lot of the sushi right. restaurants, you have these big pots of that. Right. And you can help yourself to large portions because it's free. Right. And... So That's the sushi sashimi shoga, I'd say. Yeah. I don't think it's really even pickled much at all. Mm. Then there's like the pink shoga, which you see with curry, mm. right? And that's more heavily pickled. Mm. And that's, again, you can, see, you can just scoop it in and, and they, they put it in the curry, the Japanese curry rice. Yeah. Uh, so that, that shoga is really good, too. Mm. Um, I don't know. I would say with vodka, I go with the more raw, unpickled shoga. Mm -hmm. Um, but they both have the same, that, that nice punchy ginger flavors. And I think that's really the point of mixing it with, with vodka. Right. I think those two just really balance each other out really well. Mm. And coffee and milk. Mm. So yeah, I'll try that. And shoga is another ingredient which you can use in a lot of different ways. I mean, I've seen shoga candy. And the Japanese shoga yeah. candy, it's like this sugar-encrusted chunks of Good shoga point. and it's really nice right it's got a kick as well it's got that spicy yeah. kick but then they they sweeten it mm. and it's that nodoame you know that the the throat drop type mm -hmm. of candy yeah that stuff's really good mm. and there's something cooling and calming about shoga even though it has the punch i don't mm. know it's it's, it's kind of like a breath mint 
you know, it just sharpens you up. Mm. I like that. All right, moving on. One of my personal favorites. I love this one. A dear, dear flavor. Nori. No. I mean, a moment of silence for Nori. Nori is blue seaweed, right? I'd say it's more green, dark green. Mm. Nori is in, used all over the place, uh, much like shoga is. You see it all over the place. And it's, like, again, one of those flavors that's very traditional. Uh, you wrap the sushi with it, the, uh, the maki sushi, with nori. Uh, you have nori on your rice. It's the little bed of, the mm. little bed of nori covering the rice on the bento. Yep. Uh, but you also see it in chips. Ah. Nori potato chips. Oh, my God. Oh, heaven. Oh, my God. Uh, don't get me started. Okay, I started. Uh, nori potato chips plus beer. Equals heaven. That that I'm gonna I'm gonna happily go to the grave. I will be on my deathbed, dying, and I'll still be eating like nori potato chips and drinking my beer. The thing about nori is because it's dry anyway. We could bury you with nori, and it wouldn't. I wouldn't actually like that. Yeah. You know, like a like an Egyptian pharaoh mm. was wrapped yeah, in crust wrap, just wrapped, wrapped, wrapped me like maki sushi with the nori you know like fold me yeah. <laughs> fold me up like one of those uh, te maki sushis yep. you know the, the hand rolls yep yeah and just that's that's my deathbed you can wrap me with nori and God will, will feast on my soul. Nori is not to be confused with other seaweeds, because there are a multitude of different seaweeds lots of seaweeds Japan. most of which I'm actually skipping mm. that I just for me they're not bad, but they're not what I consider heavenly. Hmm. Um, all, all the different seaweeds. Seaweed is, as seaweed coming from the sea, from a saltwater environment, it's usually just salty to me. But nori just has this kind of vegetable-y flavor to it. Yeah, I don't know. It may be in the preparation, because it's, it's rolled very flat, very thin, and dry. Right? right. Yeah. There's a South Korean version of nori yes. where they have and you just oil and salt on it and you just peel it off in sheets right. and eat the stuff that and have you tried smell. that with beer no I okay that is heaven might try once that. again that. just the right yeah i've seen that it's a korean nori and it's it's almost you just eat it as a potato chip Korea but it's Tron. only nori korea tron korea tron and it's salted and you know salty food plus beers is awesome you know peanuts and beer and whatever but nori and beer wow Mm. I mean that that is that is heaven to me. Now, nori comes in the in, in, in these little snacks as well, which I don't know whether they're fried nori or whether they put nori in with the corn, wheat, whatever that pulpy stuff that they build snack foods out of. Right, right. Yeah. Nori is an interesting one too because uh, you can have it like crispy, mm. you know, dry nori, and that's the way I prefer it because it goes really well with beer and that whole salty flavor of it comes out more. When they put nori, like a sheet of nori on steamed rice, it, it turns mushy. Mm. You know, and they often poke it with the, with the, with the uh, chopsticks, and they mix it in with the rice. I'm not a big fan of that kind of nori, actually. The, like the steamed, if it's soggy nori. If it's surrounding an onigiri, rice bowl, 
there are the two versions, right? There's the, the, the version where it's protected in the wrapper from the rice. So right. it stays crispy. Right. And it's amazing packaging. If you haven't seen the packaging, you should do an episode on onigiri. Right, how yeah. it perfectly opens. It perfectly right. pa- opens. And, and it stays crispy. And I it prefer stays crispy. the onigiri like that. Yeah. Um, but it can sprinkle a little bit. Fortunately, it doesn't stain. <laughs> I bite it and it just sort of explodes everywhere. Like the naughty flakes go flying it's everywhere. It's a sigh of pleasure as you're... <sighs> That brings me to my other point about nori, though. Uh, rule number one with nori is do not eat it if you're going on a date. Nori is the worst date food ever, okay? You bite into an onigiri with the dry nori, and it'll just f- explode everywhere. It'll be on your face. It'll be on your date's face. Your nori on her face, his face, whatever. It's a bit too early. Very dangerous, yeah. yeah. You have to be on maybe date five or six before you're going you're gonna to... Bring that up in your yeah, relationship. Stick right. to the soggy nori in the meantime. However, the soggy nori, mm. also bad on a date, you'll bite into that and it'll be all over your teeth. Yeah. And then you'll be like, hey, how's it going? You know, like like black, you know, like blue and black teeth, like from the nori sticking to your teeth. You're like, hey, good night. <laughs> going for the good night kiss and you have like some nasty like blue and black, you know, flakes stuck in your, yeah, your teeth. Pulling your tongue right. back. Nori chips. Just lots of nori on a, on a date, especially a first date. Don't do it, people. I've been there. Trust me. You don't want to go down that road. I'll take the advice, David. Thank you very much. <laughs> nori. Yep. And seaweed, I think, is, again, totally versatile. I, I love mozuku, which I don't know whether you would class. It's, it's this thing you get in small plastic tubs, and it's seaweed with some kind of vinegar mixture. Wow, okay. And I don't know how Japanese people eat it. I haven't got a fucking clue. But I peel it off and down it like a shot. Because it's slimy, it's seaweed, it stays in one piece. Okay. And it shoots down, it's full of vinegar. So first thing in the morning, it's great to boost the immune system. Vinegar's good for that. Yeah, Yeah. really That acidic thing. But Mm. is is it slimy like natto slimy? It's slimy, it's more wet. It's, okay, so it's, it's not it's, snotty. Yeah, no, it's more snotty. It's oh. not like, but it isn't snotty in the sense that it's vegetable matter. Not a fan of that though. Mm. The, the slimy thing, that like the uh, mekobu or whatever mm. they call that. You know, mm. like the, the seaweed that's really slimy. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you pick it up with chopsticks, does it do that? That uh, nasty it doesn't thing? because it's too much vinegar. It's a little bit okay. more liquid than that. Yeah, so it slimes down nice and easy. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's like a. Along the nori theme. Mm. With children, it's really popular because that's the ingredient that gives their lunchboxes characters, right? True. If you want to make a, a panda out of your rice ball, nori is the ingredient right. that you use. The to artistic do that. side yeah. of that, right. And you, you get can... those amazing little templates. They're plastic with little serrated or knife edges. And you lay your sheet of nori in there and you push it down and it cuts out the perfect shape of the eyes and the ears and the mouth. Excellent and point. Put, right, the panda, yeah, the onigiri, and that's right. All that's sorts true. of characters. Right, so I the think, artistic side. Yeah, like Nori's very versatile. Very versatile and right. artistic as well. Thank you. You've, you've given Nori more glory. Yeah. Shiso. This this is a proper herb, isn't it? This is mm? closest. Am I right? The closest. Shiso, everyone. The closest uh-huh. to an actual herb, I would say. Yeah. All I, Japanese food. Before I knew what shiso was and the word shiso, I used to just call it the leaf, mm. which I associate strongly with sashimi. It's pretty much the only place I see it. Mm. However, shiso, the flavor itself, is used in a variety of uh, other 
other things you can get. For example, shiso um, salad dressing. I see that a lot. Mm. It's just this very herby flavor that I associate strongly with Japanese cooking. And what I love, my idea of heaven, is what you do is you get sashimi, and you're going to get the shiso leaf. It's just this leaf, leafy-looking thing. And you're going to get the little stack of daikon. It's a very heart-shaped leaf. That's kind of like a, yeah, it, like a spade. It's like, it's like a spade on a playing yeah. card. Exactly right? what it looks like. Yeah. A spade on a playing card. Perfect. And you're going to get sashimi, you're going to get shiso, and you're going to get your daikon. And then either ponzu or shoyu, or both. both. And I'm always going for the ponzu, because that's, that's the kind of guy I am. I'm, I'm a ponzu guy. So you put, you put the shiso down, you then put a little bed of the daikon, you, you saturate the daikon with the ponzu, and then put the sashimi on top, wrap it up skillfully with your badass uh, chopstick skills, pop that in your mouth, <laughs> Yeah. And the shiso just, man, it just goes like, hey, everybody, I'm shiso. Look at me. I'm going to fuck this place up. You know, you think it's all about ponzu. Daikon doesn't know what the fuck's going on. It has no flavor. And the shiso just comes in there with an uppercut right at the end. And the sashimi's all cocky. Like, I'm the fish, right? I'm badass, right? I'm the fatty tuna. And the shiso right at the end, as you're swallowing it down, the shiso goes, motherfucker, uppercut that bitch. <laughs> That's shiso to yeah. me, man. Uh, shiso, really. Yeah, and I can eat shiso. I used to not be able to do this. I can eat shiso just, just alone. I can just pop the leaves in my mouth. That's a sign it's of... bizarre. Uh, yeah, you've reached a, quite a level yes. to, to be doing yeah. that. You know, next you're going to be like you shoot, <laughs> yeah. shooting it in the lane. I'm going to smoke it. <laughs> Actually, what are you I wonder. I wonder. Is that marijuana? I no, wonder. I'm smoking dried shiso. And I wonder if it's possible. Who would... Yeah. Next episode, maybe we'll yeah, In the meantime. Yeah. What is this? Is it weed? No, it's shiso, it's dude. Shiso. Mm. Right. And it's the red shiso as well. It's a kind of a, oh, a wow. pinky, purpley color. Yeah. Right? And that has a very different edgy. flavor. It's edgy. It's got a little bit more of a sharp, acidic tang mm. to it. Right. right. Mm. Not a good one. But shiso, I, 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 I wouldn't be popping the leaves raw, but... I have this fantastic recipe for pasta, very Japanese type pasta sauce. And you get your shiso and you cut it up very, very fine and you shred it up. And you, and you put in shirasu. Wow. Which are these tiny little fish. Those little fish. Those tiny little white fish. Yeah. And each spoonful has probably a hundred little lives in right. there. So you feel very guilty if you The whole ever, body yeah, too. Yeah, if you, yeah, it's just a complete fucking fish. The spinal cord you can see Everything's in there because it's semi-transparent, right? And I always feel mommy, very... Mommy, mommy, where am I? <laughs> ah! <laughs> I'm in some asshole's mouth! But it's along with all his mates. I'm being digested. Along with all his mates, so it doesn't matter. Well, they, they, they live together, die together. You gave him a proper, a, uh, proper burial with, with, with that. Yeah. With, then, with, you gave oh oh there's there's shiso here. That's nice. Yeah, these poor little shirasu. I mean, I imagine they're just swimming quite happily, and then just suddenly they're dead. You know, right. so it's it's quite a nice organic existence. You know, they're right. not farmed in that one, or even if they were, they're so small they wouldn't know they were being farmed. Yeah, so I think, well, I think like, they're dead, right? They're not they're not moving still. Well, right? when they're alive, they're alive. But I, um, you know, my point is, while they're being farmed, I don't think they're unhappy and suffering because yeah. they're so small they don't know that yeah. they're in a farm situation. I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, perhaps you're basically like the whale that's going on the plankton. It's like the human exactly. version of plankton. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh -huh. And I think, you know, perhaps if we want to miniaturize cows and sheep and pigs, 
then they wouldn't suffer so much. <laughs> I don't want to think like, about that. It's just and it's you just, could you know, and, honestly, and just, you could pop them in one but morsel. When you yeah. think about each one as alive, mm. like like a life, you just think of like a you know one of those like myth- mythological giants that just picks up people. Yeah, and there's like legs sticking out of your mouth, and there's like limbs flopping about. You know, well, this, just yeah. I mean, this is why I, I, I don't tend to eat meat myself. But well, uh, she's but the a fact that I'm vegetarian. Fish, is a little bit hypocritical in terms of not consuming lives. Yeah, true. That is still alive. Uh, but but I, I do I do feel you know if they have a pretty much free existence and then suddenly die, it's a lo- it's a lot different. True, that's true. Involved, right? Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like a yeah. And I do think the idea of miniaturization would work really well. But are they babies? Because you you could make beef skewers with lots of little cows on them, right? True. It would be very popular, I think. <laughs> the whole cow. And you just need one field. You can let all these little cows run around. They think they're free. They don't feel farmed or abused, right? Well, it depends on how close we are to them, like on an interpersonal level. Mm. That's why we don't generally eat dogs and cats, even though they are smaller. Mm. And are eaten in other countries. That's true. Yeah. Something for another episode, perhaps. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, uh, to come back, the shiso with shirasu, with uh, sesame seeds... What? And, of course, the number one Japanese ingredient to make any dish Japanese, add mayonnaise. Mmm! Like the Japanese Squeeze mayonnaise. Squeeze mayonnaise, mix it all I'm up. I'm going to check that out. And put that on your pasta, and it is fucking delicious. Yeah. And takes next to no time to prepare. The word I associate with shiso, and man, we've been on shiso a long time. Mm. I was, that, that kind of surprises me. You thought nori was going to get the glory. I thought nori was going to get the yeah. glory. I like the rhyme, too. Yeah. Um, shiso, I, I, I just think of the word refreshing. Hmm. I, I don't know, like, shiso is just very refreshing to me. It's like a nice shower in the summer. Yeah, but it's not too punchy. It's like the spearmint of salad. I like that. Spearmint. Greens. Spearmint, also refreshing, yeah, I would say. But not, but not punchy. too punchy. Not wasabi mm, punchy. That's right. And not, not ginger. Mm. Not shoga punchy. Mm. Right. It's toned down a little bit, but is still has that refreshing... Yeah. Like a natural herby flavor to it. Tantakatan. I don't Tantakatan. know if you know. Tantakatan. It's this shiso flavored shochu. Wow. Mm. And that's, it's got a that's very a good point about shiso. Yeah. Distinct I'm glad shiso you, I'm glad you read that. Yeah. Is shiso uh, is is associated with Japanese alcohol. Mm. Um, I often see shiso in the bottles of shoyu and uh, uh, shochu and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Show you uh, shiso and alcohol. Mm. I think that's a that's a. I should try shiso in martini. Next. Yes, yes. Vodka. Yes. I advise chop it up finely so it yeah. distributes nicely. Yeah, I think shiso would mm. shiso would make a kick-ass mojito. Fucking hell! You know if you, yeah. if you made yeah. like you know because mojito is what Cuban. Yeah. And you made like a Japanese mojito and you you put shiso in there instead mm. and shoga or something. Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah, a I'm coriander. Start working on that. I saw a coriander mojito which didn't quite work because because uh, mm, coriander doesn't coriander. have the minty punch. True. Right? But shiso has that little bit of a spice and punch. So yeah. I think it could be on something. I think you got to do that. Mikan. 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 That's another fucking fruit. Yeah, another fruit. But it is a flavor you will often find again in other foods that's uh, it appears mm. elsewhere yeah and mikan is i learned this at first i thought it was a tangerine actually the, the translation of it but i think uh, i think it's actually a mandarin orange 
Right. I think that's actually how you translate mikan into English. Well, there are so many, there are so many citrus fruits in Japan. I, I don't know if they actually have Western equivalents. Uh, yeah, I don't I, think they do. I, I, I right. found this, I was given this, this new one uh, a week after 14 years in Japan, yet another yeah. new <laughs> yeah, citrus yeah, yeah. This one was called a ponkan. What the fuck's a pon? Pon, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like between a pon, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the pon of ponzu, actually. Oh, really? But yeah. the can of mikan, so maybe it's a hybrid. I, I think there's perhaps a whole technology and a whole industry of people that are trying to crossbreeding different citrus fruits and other people who are there trying to come up with new names for the, for the things. Right? right, right. It is a cute name, too. Mm. Um, mikan, actually, the word mikan, I think, is cute, too. And mikan, I associate with, uh, with fall and winter. Uh, the, I've heard it's considered a winter fruit, and it's very easy to peel. It's just a little mini orange, and it just peels apart very easily, just by hand. And then the little wedges just break apart, very easy to eat. Mm. And I associate this strongly with, you get your mikans, your bowl of mikans, and it's cold, you got your winter thing going on, and you get that koltatsu, right? You get the table with the heater underneath and the blanket. You get everyone sitting around there, maybe some alcohol involved. You get the bowl of mikans, and everyone's just in the winter enjoying the mikans. Do you put the mikans right. under the kotatsu to heat up? I do not. I have not had... Hot I, mikan. Doesn't that ruin the mikan? If you eat it quite quickly, I imagine it just heats it up. If you left it under there for a long time, it would shrivel and dry, which wouldn't be so nice. Yeah, I've never done that. I've always just had the mikan up on the on the top. Mm. Um, but I associate mikan strongly with with winter. Mm. Um, I've seen mikans actually. I've seen mikan flavored potato chips. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I've, I'm a potato chip root. I'm a total potato, potato chip whore. Any flavor of potato chip in, in Japan, which there are plenty in this country, I will try every single one. And I've, I've seen mikan. Of course, there's mikan ice cream. Mm. And I like it. They, they often put the chunks of mikan in there. Mm, mm. And there's mikan drinks up the wazu. Oh, and they, they, again, they put the little, the little chunks of mikan in there. Is it mm. real mikan or not? I have no idea. Yeah. Kids love mikan. Yeah, and I love the fact that it's really clean. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody who never eats oranges because it's just... You fucking get... Sticky hands. True. Yeah. As a fruit, man, it's, it's a clean. perfect fruit. It's like Very a banana. Easy. The skin peels, yeah. you get all of the fruit, and it's clean to throw away. The thing I like too is the banana, you gotta deal with that little tail thing mm. that you know you always hate, you gotta break it off, and you gotta you got the you got the peel with the banana. Yeah. And then you got that little nipple at the end. Ah if you, you know? sometimes if you squeeze the end just at the right <laughs> at the, with the right pressure, it slides off the little nipple. Okay, I want to try that. Yeah, but other times, yeah, the nipple comes but off. But often you have to touch the nipple, mm. and then you get the banana, you know, the, the goo in your hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mekon, I think it's even cleaner than a banana. Mm. Um, mm, kids is. love it, and uh, yeah, it's just, it also makes a great gift. Mm. You know, at work or whatever, you can give a coworker a Mekon. Yeah, this like, is ah, a I love you. This Nothing says I love you like a fucking like Mekon on the desk. Yeah, and it's great, isn't it? In Japan, this is fruit is considered a really appropriate gift. Yeah, food I mean, is always... Imagine in England, okay, there's this, the, this is story about you give an apple to the teacher, but yeah, that, that, I never experienced that in real life. But right. giving a mikan to somebody, it's actually a very appreciated gesture, right. isn't it? It's, it's kind of cute, too. Yeah, it's not like giving a banana or a strawberry. It doesn't work. But giving yeah, a I don't mikan know what kind of, is special. I've never given a banana to anyone. Mm. I don't know what kind of message that sends. I know. You could, there's a lot of connotations of bananas that uh, mikans don't have. <laughs> mikan is cute. Yeah, it's like you give, you give someone a banana and you're like, I would like you to eat the banana in front of me. 
But Amikon, I think it's 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 a more appropriate gift. Yeah. When it comes to in the in the fruit world, yeah. I'd say Mikan is probably the most appropriate fruit. To Perhaps it's because Mikan is more feminine fruit. Bananas very masculine, obviously. Right? <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Depends on how you wrap it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Shall we move on from Mikans? Let's move on. I'm gonna take the... a piss. So. <laughs> sure. With that, let's pause. Let's pause.